This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where unfortunately the Seattle Seahawks have lost 24 to 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. We didn't expect that much from this game, but it is still disappointing. Seattle now is 7-8. and eight. Their playoff hopes are somewhat alive, which we'll get to. Nevertheless, yeah, the, the way they lost, a bit troubling. There's some positives too. Um, they've now lost five of their last six games, which I think is really why the vibes are down. They, yeah. They've sort of forgotten how to win. Guys, I'm sure we'll get to the time for cope, but we'll start with Griff. Griff, how bad was this? Because I was sort of in a family meal at the time as well, um, mm. dipping, you know, the old uh, looking at the phone, having a conversation, that sort of thing. But it looked sure. pretty bad from uh, from my dipping. Um, I think, in short, the offense underperformed and the defense overperformed expectations. So. You know, a loss is a loss. It's it's really um, stresses their playoff chances. It's looking further and further to be unlikely. Um, but I don't think we thought they were going to come away from this game with a win at any point. Even at their when they were sitting at six and three, I think we all still had this game circled as a as a loss. So um, still, losses are still traumatic watching them unfold in real time. But it was really encouraged the defense. Um, that drive at the end that we'll get into was uh, was a downer, but I mean they they held um, the Chiefs' defense to like their third or fourth most inefficient game on offense altogether. Held them to twenty four points, so it's not like they got dunked on left and right. You know, um, they balled a lot of it up on offense. Just they didn't have the juice. Tyler Lockett obviously is a huge huge loss. He's their best player on the whole team i think offense or defense um so not not having him is is hurts no matter what um 
and yeah the, the protection was stressed and that affected gino and, and and stuff and he was trying to maintain composure but yeah um all in all it was still it's still a crappy game I, i'd say yeah um i'll bring kai in but just to reiterate that kind of offense underperforming missing tyler lockett uh did kind of accentuate also the the interior offensive line struggles although the second half they sort of ran the ball better but their third down efficiency something that pete carroll kind of highlighted is the difference in the game seattle going two for 14 on third down 14.3 percent too many of those were third and longs as well um super super disappointing their net yards rushing they ended up with 133 um and 4.3 yards per carry but just against kansas city like i mean get into some sort of game time decisions but they just couldn't really overcome that first half. Geno Smith going 25 for 40, 215 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Again, the interception can't really have that happen either. But uh, Ty, just general overview-wise. Yeah, uh, I, I DM'd you guys this kind of right after the game that you know, I'm pretty sad about how the offense performed, but overall, considering way, the way that the, the defense fared, that I, I don't feel too bad about it. Um, just full picture. Uh, yeah, the loss sucks, obviously. Um, but 297 yards, three of 11 on third down, that's pretty good against a yeah. team that has Patrick Mahomes as its quarterback and given all the injuries that you've sustained on defense and all that. So, you know, they kind of put together the perfect recipe here. You know, they controlled the time of possession. Uh, they played pretty well on defense. I mean, before that last scoring drive by Kansas City, they uh, the Chiefs only had like 27 yards in the second half, um, and they hadn't really given up any explosives until that uh, Kelsey, uh, the big Kelsey catch. Like, you know, so there there were a lot of positives to take from this game. Just couldn't really get the ball in the end zone. Like they mostly did everything pretty well. They. Seemed like they run ran the ball efficiently at times. Other times, not not as much. And you know, some of their numbers are a little skewed by some big runs. But yeah, it was really just you know they they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They couldn't sustain drives. Obviously, they had the first quarter where they didn't even get a first down. I don't even remember when exactly it was in the game when they actually got their first first down. Um, but yeah, you know, and that was just too much to to overcome. But you know, outside of the offense, I think like. You have to feel pretty decent about what they they did. I mean, they still, you know, they lost twenty four to ten, and that was basically twenty four to three until the last minute. But you know, as as far as you know, losing by three scores, two to three scores, like as far as that goes, this wasn't that bad. What is this? We, we're being positive. My word, amazing. I mean, I mean, they gave us a reason to be positive today. I I think at least, like offensively, no, no, and we'll get into yeah. that. You know, but. Well, Okay, let's let's yeah. focus on the positive. So the reason to be positive is that the defense like performed very well. They mm-hmm. were down 17-3 for most of the game. They had very little hope. That's what only really started driving the ball on F- on offense to end the first half. Like there was nothing. And yet the defense, time and time again, they put stuff together. They seem to be a blend of execution and game plan. Again, like, you know, against the 49ers, you saw signs that it was uh, taking an uptick, but you worried against about them against a premier quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You worried against them, you know, about them uh, against a kind of style of offense, which is 
like Kansas City rather than San Francisco. And yet, like you said, Ty, three of 11 on third down, which is 27.3% for the game. The difference is that fact that when Kansas City got into the red zone, they were three for the three. Um, that obviously includes the field goals, but um, they converted their opportunities and they marched the ball down the field. But even then, like, and this speaks somewhat to Seattle's run game, especially in the second half clicking, but at the time of possession, Kansas City had the ball under 25 minutes, Seattle just over 35 minutes. Like, uh, yeah, the, the defense seemed to find something. I'm quite excited to see the tape. I, I think we'll have to probably promise people that in the tape review, we don't just focus on the defense because the offense appears to have some issues that are, are recurring from past games. But Griff, on the defense really positive like they they kind of bottled up Mahomes. you're with ty and me that that that's something to hang your hat on and be coping about yeah um i mean Mahomes had you know he went 16 for 28 224 yards that's um eight yards per attempt uh but again prior to that that touchdown drive which was bad don't get me wrong but um he had negative uh epa per attempt i think he was like literally negative 0.01 and if that held, that would have been the only game where he's had negative drop back EPA um, on a rate basis this game this year. So, um, and if we think about how how many times he um, he ended up tucking the ball and trying to create, like they were defending their structure really well. So I, I suspect that when we watch the tape back, that that they like the the, the tape will look pretty good. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of busts. I think the 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 two attempts that happened against Kelsey. The second, the first one, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Brooks was culpable for that one. The second one, I think he was though. And it was odd to me that he elected to like, this was a conscious choice. He elected to spot drop under that route as opposed to turn and carry. Yeah. And we've seen Which him turn in the past. Right. And we've seen him turn and carry with guys that are faster than Travis Kelsey. So right. if, if, if he gives it up, it's because Kelsey just mosses him, which is fine. It's Travis Kelsey. But you don't want to you don't want to make it easy for them, and that was that was really peculiar. Um, but again, outside of that, I think they played really solid defense against the best offense in the league, um, and they they had you know an average of three point five yards per carry. So the run defense was good, and 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 why that is super significant is because yeah they played bare, but they they kind of made the run defense work mm. without Al Woods, without Brian Mona in their even front. And the insistence to want to play too high also to defend Mahomes. So the fact that they made the, the run defense functional um, while staying in the calls that they want to defend the main threat, that's Mahomes. I think that speaks volumes. And, and if we're kind of, if we're not just talking about this season, but big picture, I, I really hope this game will be kind of like the blueprint for what they want to be. And then if you could just close your eyes and imagine Al Woods, Mona and, you know, next year, even more talent in, in the scheme, how much even easier things would be. So, um, I agree. Uh, yeah. And Griff, like, to, again, to that point, like, just raw statistics, Mahomes, 16 for 28, 224 passing yards, um, their run game, uh, 22 attempts, 77 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. And this is with the defense, like, not given much to work with on the road, like, against what, I mean, the, Kansas City offense has had struggles and there is kind of that feeling that maybe if they'd needed to, they could have gone through some extra gears, right? Yeah. Having said, like, you know, you've, you play, you can play and the, the, I think the blend of the calls 
seems they seem to have worked that out. Yeah, um, and I don't I necessarily think we've been at that point in this season before. I think early we were saying it was super vanilla. It was kind of basic. Midway through, we're like, okay, well they've they found sort of bear as their base, but they're you know what what is after? You know, they're gonna fix. Can they fix the four down? The four down ended up being a disaster. Um, now it feels right. like they've fixed everything up and they've sort of got the right blend of middle field closed, uh, uh, middle field open. Um, and they've got the kind of right deployment for their personnel up front, which is a big thing, which they didn't quite have in terms of the techniques they're asking them to do. So each player. So, yeah, big positives on the defence. Now, Ty, obviously people are probably going to get annoyed with us, which is understandable because mm. Seattle's offence, not for the first time this season, in fact, in this losing kind of spell, the offence has been sluggish. But Seattle's offense really, really struggled. Like, yeah. again, Gino ends up dropping back quite a few times. Yeah, they get the run game going in the second half, but they struggle in the first half. They look outmatched on the interior of the offensive line. I mean, they had to really force, sorry to interrupt, but they had to really force it with the run game too to, in order to get it going. So, Yeah, and then obviously Tyler Lockett, his absence just amplifies the fact that there's not really... You know, DS is on IR currently. There's not really a wide receiver three. Like uh, Marquise Goodwin had that. Um, he's he's been kind of open deep, but he's more like a four speed type. Like he, I mean, really, Lockett's such a great player, obviously. But the depth behind him, the kind of ability to get open in zone holes and the intermediate areas of the field, he was badly, badly missed. And like Metcalf yeah. is obviously brilliant at some aspects, but you know, he he was a, uh, uh, you know. He's not like going to do what Lockett can do in an offense, which is fine. That's just the type of players they are. And like that drive where there was like, was it three drops in a row? Like Gino's trying yeah, his absolute yeah. socks off, and there's three just awful drops in a row. And you've got Lacon Treadwell taking snaps. And, you know, I don't want to beat up on Lacon Treadwell. He's taken enough uh, flat from different franchises for it. Yeah. And, you know, the former first round pick, but like, that was just rough. Like, oh. yeah, we, we we had the drops. We also had like the miscommunications on certain routes yeah. too. Like, like if 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 all hands aren't on deck, you at least got to be on your p's and q's of the stuff you can control. And um, you know, and and Goodwin, he he was hurt this game, and he's made sure. plays this year. Like, I generally for expectations, satisfied with him. But th this game was a uh, a, a pretty good indicator of of how much. I don't know if a need is the right word because they can still be really good if the protection fully blossoms into like their peak self, which will probably happen next year, yeah. but how much they could use a legit third receiver. Um, and, uh, you know, a guy that you can like n not, not throw the ball to 80 times as your third target because you need to, because you want to. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, and the draft will have the opportunity to do that, but I hope with their, first one of their first three picks is a receiver um come april yeah so you you mentioned the interception and possibly a miscommunication between marquis goodwin and Hedina smith that is a key moment in the game because it was second mm -hmm. and 12 7 48 left in the game seattle was down by 14 14 so it's like okay well maybe we, we score here and then we, we you know make it a one score game the defense continues doing their stuff and suddenly it's a comeback but instead a weird pick where live you're watching and you're like um do you know throws that like he's breaking to the you know almost back corner of the end zone 
and Goodwin breaks it super, super flat. Mm. And you think, okay, that has to be on Goodwin or, you know, a miscommunication. But then afterwards, do you know, in his, pes- uh, his post-game press conference, he goes uh, further than just saying it's on me. He, he said it was a bad pass and he put it, he didn't put it in the right spot. Um, and he said that Marquis Goodwin ran the route he was supposed to. Um, mm. Which, again, that's slightly surprising, uh, surprising to me. But then... You know, maybe it's just a miscommunication and Gina doesn't want to get into that at the time, but... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, I was we, just going to say that. It feels uh, like... Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Talk over uh, you. I'll talk over I, you. I, I was just, just going to say that it kind of feels to me like he's protecting this guy, not trying to throw mm-hmm. good one under the bus there. Because, like, uh, for, for as accurate as Gino has been this year, I mean, I, like, there's obviously going to be bad throws, but that was... That was not a bad... That was not an errant throw. Yeah. That was a... I mean, it could have been Gino who was wrong. Maybe maybe Gino yeah. had the wrong route, you know? But, like... Right. You know, it was not it was not a missed throw in the terms of, like, accuracy. It was a missed throw in terms of someone did the wrong thing then you also had that curl route where dino threw a a fade and that looked like a potential option where the receiver changes his route based off of the position of the defender you know if you Mm. if you're even i'm leaving if you're on top i i hunker down and maybe they just misread the leverage on 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 the defender gino wanted to give the guy a chance downfield um so little things like that that was definitely definitely a factor but I, I feel like even bigger than the receivers, though, were well, this definitely ties into the receivers, but there weren't a lot of places to go with the ball, especially before pressure came. So is that an openness problem? Is that the protection isn't giving it enough time? Because that's a excuse me, it can be a very fine line, you know. Um, but again, like the, the pocket behavior from Gino, I don't think that he was it didn't look like there he was passing things up that were open. It didn't seem like he wasn't using what was available in the pocket. Um, he does have that tendency to like backwards spin scramble when the play is dead and the alternative is throwing it away. But at that point, when they're in desperate moments, he's trying to make a play. I mean, yeah, you can you can nitpick the decision making right then and there, but I w- you'd rather the structure be executable before picking apart decisions to make after it's clear that the play is dead. Um, so... I don't know. My thought process is Lucas and Cross are young still, and they're just high variance play. Um, and I, I don't really know what the interior. I don't know. I mean, Chris Jones had a good game, but I don't remember who specifically was responsible. That's what I'll watch for. I feel like I don't have a great beat on how the interior is doing in protection the past couple of weeks. Mm. I felt like last week they actually weren't that bad. Again, it was the tackles. Um. Uh, this week, I wonder how that will I stay mean, the same or change. It's like there was like some replays on the, and again, it's the broadcast, but like there's some replays where they flash to like, you know, they've just run like guard tackle or like pin pull kind of stuff, gaps, concepts up front. And I'll, I'll look at the tape and see what happened. But 
they're just getting smashed off the ball. And it, the same yeah. thing happened against the 49ers. Um, yeah. I, I really do think that's a problem. The run blocking now. is poor still. Yeah, it just yeah. looks awful, um, which is a shame. So, And real nice... quick, speaking mm. to uh, miscommunication and the line, seemed like there was a bit of mis- miscommunication between Gino and the line during this game as well, which led to a couple of burnt timeouts. And the clock management was just it was that was really poor today as well from the offense. Yeah, and I, I guess it's a loud stadium, so you know you expect yeah. that in a way. And they they're all riled up because they're about to make the playoffs and try. They're pushing for the AFC. They've made the playoffs, but they're pushing for the AFC number one seed. So, but yeah, right. I I agree, Ty. That was messy. Now a big thing is what happened on uh, fourth down, specifically like Peak Howell's uh, justification. I haven't actually watched the post-game press conference, uh, but he he seemed, uh, according to like the beat reporters, he said that uh, Seattle going for it on fourth down was that he wasn't sure the defense could um, contain Mahomes and the Kansas City's offense for much longer. But my big gripe was basically at the end of the first half. Your uh, it was fourth and three, uh, fourth and goal. Right, you need three yards to score. And you kick a field goal to make a 17-0 game, 17-3. Now, I get that you get the ball at half and your defense has been playing well. And, you know, you're, you're, um, you don't want to lose them as well. You want to you show faith in them. You, you, you want to get points on the board at least. But also, come on. Like, if, if you're thinking that Kansas City is some kind of juggernaut, like, just just go for it, man. Like, what what is making it a fort? Okay, well literally making it a 14-point game rather than a 17-point game turns it from a three-score game into a two-score game with the ball at half. But that, to me, was like, just what's the point here? Like, I don't know. It's it, uh, it's probably a minor gripe. What, am I wrong in that? Or Well, I think there were some situational decisions that are questionable, uh, like a lot of the, you know, going forward on fourth down, because especially in Chiefs territory, because like you, but I think that's uh, really kind of a matter at the end of the day of just, you know, hindsight being 2020, because like you look back on it, it's like, well, if they just kicked some field goals there, it would have been like a 17 to 12 game, right? Uh, when they were, So you uh, weren't, Ty, you weren't like bashing your uh, whatever, <laughs> bashing your whatever. You weren't... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we are was, we are we are a family a, show here on yeah, this yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You weren't like smacking the we'll table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smacking the table, Maddie. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, Maddie. Matthew. Maddie. En- enough Maddie. with the innuendo. <laughs> Maddie. What, 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 what are you going to say next? <laughs> you <laughs> you weren't frustrated that they didn't go for it uh, at the end of the second. Maddie, frustrated that you didn't um, go for it. Jeez. <laughs> you got to go for it, guys. So unhinged, Maddie. You're so toxic. Um, <laughs> there you go. There goes Maddie again. Well, shit. Uh, all right. So, I mean, like, I mean, in that situation, I get it because, like you said, right? Like you, you take it from a three-score game to a two-score game, and you get the ball back at the, at the start of the second half. That, like. I can I can see what you're saying, but there are other decisions that are just other moments that I'm more frustrated about than than that. Okay. Griff, Griffey, how do you feel? Yeah, you're a little, um, little Thai fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're a little quiet there, Griff. Yeah, I, you're uh, quiet. I, I, I like their pal. fourth down. I thought there was only one fourth down where I thought they should have 
gone well no there there was one where actually i i didn't mind their fourth down aggressiveness so that one early on where like where was the ball at that point weren't they at their own like 40 then they were like around the kansas city 40 yeah oh maybe 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 but they were aggressive elsewhere kind of when they had to be yeah yeah the the thing for me like i mean personally again end of the first half just just throw a touchdown, lads. Let's not let's not kick the field goal here. Let's not be cowards. It's three yards and in. Let's 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 score some points. Basically, Matty is saying that Pete Carroll is scared to compete. I mean, it was kind of scared to compete there. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. the thing for me, what the other fourth downs emphasize is there was desperation. But like, you have the first drive of the game where uh, the first drive of the second half, as I almost exit the. Uh, thing we used to record, but I didn't. So W. Um, the first drive of the second half. So you haven't. You kick your field goal. Then your offense goes three and out. Great. Uh, <laughs> that's not what you uh, anticipated. Then your defense uh, D's up again. You force a three and out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Matthew, family show. Yeah, sorry. Uh, then your offense gets the ball back and you get driving. And they go for it on fourth and four from Kansas City's 34-yard line, where he could have kicked the field goal, made it a nine-point game, but there's only seven minutes 30 left in the third quarter, so I kind of get it. But anyway, they decide to go for a fourth and four rather than just going for... And yeah, it is all hindsight, this sort of stuff. But anyway, that kind of annoys me. And the bigger thing, though, is it highlights how poor the execution was. Like They pass it short of the sticks to Colby Parkinson for no gain. And it feels really like it was by design because Penny Hart gets done for offensive pass interference on that play, which is declined. The fact Penny Hart is getting flagged for that, I mean, it shows that they're flagged for that. Flagged. Maddie, if you're into that sort of thing. Griffin, you need to behave yourself. You're Me? Disgusting. Yes. He's he's getting penalized for that. And I'm not judging, dude. Okay. It was just he, can, acknowledging. Can I, can, I, can I finish my point? Penalized? Yeah. Maddie, you just can't help yourself tonight. <laughs> they threw some yellow laundry. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um they so the fact that they throw a flag for um offensive pass interference, it shows they're trying to create like a rub for the throw short of the sticks, and it was just not there. Like a lot of their stuff was just bottled the heck up. And you kind yeah. of wonder with the run game uh, kind of renaissance in the second half, how much of that is real given the Chiefs are playing with like a two-score lead. Like, probably fair to call that into question. But anyway, we'll have to watch the tape. But I don't know. Dis- d- disappointing because, like, Gino's interception, that's poor. But again, like, we had a question. Has Gino's pro- from 5 and 9 Adventures? Thank you very much. We appreciate your current consistent support. Um, but has Gino's process changed in the last few weeks? Well, we need to watch the tape of this game. But generally speaking, no. Like He's still playing like the same Gino Smith. There was there... occasional elements of pressing. Uh, this game, I think maybe not as much. But I guess the pick was weird. Um, but that seems yeah. more like a miscommunication I, rather than yeah. pressing. It should have been there if the right route is run, even though Gino's taken blame for that and explained it away in a different manner to what you expect. But like... I don't know. I think Gino's Gino. Like the rest of the offense is just completely collapsed. Like particularly yeah. that interior defensive line, and like the <clears throat> even the play like guy against 
you, Griff, you mentioned about guys getting open. Like, I had not seen that from the 49ers game, for instance. Guys, aren't the primary concept isn't getting open as much as mm-hmm. it used to. Yeah, yeah, I think when we end up watching the tape that it's just going to be at least partly a matter of just not having guys that can organically get open and then having a young, unbalanced offensive line. Hey, that's a really big part of it right now. And a lot of guys are banged up. You know, too, and that's yeah. you know, that's it's just it's just kind of all falling apart perfectly, which well, not perfectly, but and you know, like like l- l- looking to the future, this is where the conversation I mean gets really en- engrossing. I think looking at the draft because while there is overlap and it's all oversimplification of all like the 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 top sixty prospect receivers. Um, of this draft, you can mostly put them into two buckets, and it's the the big explosive downfield threats, and then it's the guys that are just like roadrunner route runners, and they just get open. Um, so, and it's we've seen Geno make some sick one on one throws that they quite haven't bottled up at the rate that we think Geno is good enough to put his receivers in position to bottle up. So, like. You can you can go that route where you go like get him a guy where Gino will just throw those trust shots, those trick shots downfield, where you're just dunking on guys with a crazy throw, and get a guy that will just magnetize to the ball and win contested rates at an above average rate. Or you go get the other locket type where it's just you're you're like running prog- more progression passing, you're running more concept, more plays, and let Gino just read out the defenders and, and pit and it looks like pitch and catch. Um, so like what what direction you well what receiver you take assuming they take one will teeter you in one direction or the other because you already have a dk type and a tyler type so if you get dk redundancy versus tyler redundancy one's going to pull you way in the other direction so if you go get another dk type like at perry for example or quentin johnson now again both of those guys might be proficient route runners but if you go get one of those guys you're talking more like geno verticality you know, crazy stuff like that, more isolation. Whereas if you go get a guy like Mario Addison or not Mario, I just said Mario, um, that's the pass rusher. Um, Jordan, Jordan, Addison. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Addison um, or a guy like JSN or like Zay Flowers, you're talking like that's your Brandon Cooks. You know, that's your, yeah. that's your kind of Cooper Cup ish, Robert Woods ish type of guys. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as them, right? But that's um, no, that's, that's exactly really, that's, that's exactly what you said. That's weird. That's a weird comp. Yeah. Uh, but where it's you just, just like, said hey, that Zay Flowers is, is uh-huh, Cooper uh-huh. Cup. Yeah. yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so it's it's really interesting where they can go, but it, one or the other, by virtue of the fact that you already have DK and Tyler, who themselves are such like specific type of receivers, um, not to like put them in a box, but it's. It, it will throw the thrust the entire offense into one direction or the other in terms of the kind of makeup you are. Um, Whoa, yeah, Matt, get your Whoa. mind out of the gutter, man. But that's <laughs> all you. That's on you. I'm not taking responsibility for that. <laughs> You're all over the place tonight, Mr. Mr. Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I really think, like, anyway. I mean, when you look at the team, right, like, I, I really think they need just another guy that can route guys up and make plays after the catch like get yours yeah. after the catch like they really yeah. need that um so uh, I, hopefully that's what they focus on and they don't wait until like the mid rounds the late rounds to to address it go get you like a i mean you got four picks on the what is probably going to be the top 45 ish top 50 like go 
use one of those on a on a on a legit difference maker in your receiving core. I um Ty agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although it's quite funny because a lot of the Russell Wilson supporters said similar things. Mm. And at the peak of this offense, we were like, whoa, they got quite a few weapons here, lads. Mm. So I think I think the absence of Tyler Lockett really does accent this problem. Are you accusing me of blindly standing Geno Smith? No, 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 no. I would but, never well, do that. See, see, though, but it's if they absolutely like if the protection was if they, the protection performed near its peak this year for the whole season, they absolutely have enough guys at, at, mm-hmm. at the skill at tight end and receiver. Um, but like part of it's not just a, Oh, what would you love for this offense right now? It's, it's also a roster building question mark because you're not, you may not have Fant next year or the year after that. You, you, you might yeah. need to make His a decision a hard to justify. and then Tyler is getting older you know, and then the other thing of it is fundamentally, would Waldron prefer to be an eleven personnel team? Well, um, I don't and, even think he knows right now. Like he's just yeah. right, and and you're, he's kind of going back and forth between like twelve and thirteen is such its own like world almost conceptually. Yeah, they have very much personnel tails, which is like the complete opposite to McVeigh. That's not what McVay he wants. Would now, the whole thing, and I think ultimately Waldron's doing a great job not a great job, a good job for the most part in each bucket. But I think he would ideally like to blend them. Yeah. And I, I think he would rather be an 11 personnel team and 12 personnel when you need to be. Um, and that lack of blending is really hurting. I think that's the core issue of the, the offense right now. Like to access certain elements of the attack, they're really having to sort of overdo certain things. Like for instance, if you want to get the run game going, well, you have to go under center and you have to go 12 and 13 personnel, but then what's your layer off that? Well, they don't have the passing game they're comfortable with right now. So then they have to get into gun, but then they can't 11 personnel and they can't run the football. So mm-hmm. um, it's, and they've tried to, but they just can't get it going. So that's a bit of a mess, but you guys are all talking about the draft and that is frankly disgraceful griff griff you know I'm, I'm doing a little scouting right now you know watching oh, yeah this, you're dabbing this, in. The, the, this, Scrooge, the, the steelers raiders game right now and you know who yeah. i think would be great in the seahawks offense oh Aaron now we're doing free agency is waller playing right now he is playing and he's actually made right. a couple of really nice and you're doing free agency so you're and trade curious that's well. that's not free agency maddie that would be trade yeah, fine. So get it right. So he's thirty. Sick. Would could, could you? So could you trade? Could you package Fant and a second round pick for Waller if you take on the whole contract? Because Josh McDaniels has his head up as you know what enough to where he'd be like, oh, that's something Bill would do. So we'll do it. He's only that thirty. I, I just I just realized the answer to your question from last week as to who's the Seahawks Brian Reynolds. It's Darren Waller. Darren it's not, it it's used not to be it used yeah. to be Allen Robinson for the longest time, right? And then that <laughs> shriveled up. Excuse he me, turned into our Mitch because you me, can't none stay of this, none exactly. of this, none of this, none of this, because Seattle is still in playoff contention. That's right, baby. That's right. It's not Gene over. It's not Gene over. Both of you lost faith. I, I'm writing it down. No, I, I never lost faith. You can look at my Twitter, you can look at my Twitter timeline. It's Christmas season for losing faith. Exactly. Exactly. I never lost faith in Father Christmas, just dwindled slightly. So, mm. <laughs> some some results around the league which were relevant. Detroit lost to Carolina. They're now 7-8. and eight. Washington mm. lost to the 49ers. They're now 7-7-1 seven, seven and can, one 
and Green Bay plays Miami tomorrow. They're currently six and eight. Hopefully, they're six and nine, which means mm. Seattle's in it. Go let's and beat go. the Jets. Go and beat the Rams. Make the playoffs. Yeah, let's come on, go. big boys. And let's go. and and like if if the the offense kind of gets its act together a little bit, mm-hmm. this defense might be very sneakily be reaching a competent level. I'm not saying good yet, like they Super were that competent level. Um, and then they they were competent without their best defensive tackle. Um, so and, and without their and without yeah. Ryan Neal and without Mona, who is an important player, Monet, whatever. Um, all right, so really quick to answer 509 Adventures question earlier said, Who would I prefer the receivers? I want the route runner type, and more specifically, early returns anyway. I think I'm partial to Jordan Addison overall. Okay. Um, by by the way, can we uh, can the Seahawks hurry up and sign Godwin Igwe uh, BK to a to the 53 man roster because he's I actually think like, he has to be yeah. now. Like he's, that's big, he's like that. He's that's been a revelation. Up, we ne- we thank you for mentioning him because we like actually haven't given him the the credit he deserves. Yeah. Like he he's been exactly. balling out. What this is three weeks running now. He's like reignited mm-hmm. the return game. If it even was on fire before, like I, this is the first time they've had a yeah. genuine returner in forever, which is wild. Right. But anyway, right, agreed. <sighs> right. So, so, where do we go from here? Like, I guess they they hopefully they beat the Jets. Hopefully, beat they beat the Rams, and then it's a bit of crossing fingers. But like, it can still happen. Just the offense Jets, so Jets are bad. kind of in a dark place right now. So. They are, but they do play week. with a similar style, similar scheme. Yeah, kind you of know, similar talent up front of the 49ers. Um, Maddie, mm. you're uh, you're phrasing which could happen. There, there's an old um, almost live skit, which is Ty. You might have heard of almost live. Uh, yeah, like like a local comedy troupe, like SNL imitation thing. Um, it's like only aired in Seattle, I think. It would, it would air after SNL, and like in the 80s or whatever, I think 90s, when the Seahawks were like horrible like one of the worst teams in the league they went they had this skit called like which could happen where they listed all the scenarios all the teams that would need to lose and then certain planes being grounded forcing teams to um like forfeit etc etc went on and on and on about how the seahawks could get into the playoffs and every after every line it was which could happen um and i just feel like we're living that out right now um, oh, currently. Well, that's also, a cheerful really message, Griff. Nice feels one, like man. a time loop, and I'm watching a show yeah. about time loops, so my brain is just um, right, not not well at the moment. Yeah, wait, 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 okay. Which show are you, you know, watching? I missed that uh, whole conversation. It's, yeah, you're right. it's 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 called Dark on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I've seen Dark. I've seen Dark. Oh yeah, a show's yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, it's really good. Have yeah. you seen 1899? No, I haven't seen that you, yet. If you like Dark, you'll love 1899. All right, all right. Dope. Check it out. Yeah. That's so, Maddie, I'm so happy for you. Well Maddie, do you Maddie, do you have any television recommendations? Maddie, do you like comic book movies? No. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dude. No. <laughs> Maddie, who do you think is going to appear in the next Avengers movie? Yeah. I know someone the kids like, probably, you know, the children. Yeah. Um so making implications about our Maddie, taste. Maddie, what do you think is going to happen in season two of Andor? I don't know. I guess like they'll they'll probably have a moral dilemma after some hopeful messaging 
Um, and then <laughs> well, they'll fix it. the moral dilemma during the hopeful messaging part. Fa false dilemmas. <laughs> oh, yeah, false dilemmas. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah. Real quick, just before we completely just unravel, um, Waldron is Waldron coaching for his job in the next two games? There you go. Mm. That's that's an interesting question because I remember you uh, you and I talking about like is Waldron going to be a head coach next? Is year? he coaching like... for his next head coaching job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he's it's now like... coaching to stay on as an offensive coordinator. <laughs> wow, we're so flip floppy and Mitchell Street tight. You're not supposed yeah. to tell people this. Mm. Don't remind well, them of our ineptitude. I'm a, I'm a very uh, I'm a very transparent you know podcast host, right? You know mm. I don't I don't keep anything you know under wraps. I don't keep anything you know behind the curtains. You know I just I lay it all out there for the folks um that was supposed to be my innuendo in case any you know i guess neither one of you picked that up no i just lay it oh, all right. out there for people you're no, foking no. oh right sure eddie yeah, what yeah. did you say yeah wait what Matthew. whoa easy time I'm, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go back and edit this part out now i'm gonna have foul. to censor Absolutely this i'm gonna foul. have to put one of the i'm gonna have to put one of the beeps on there for you you um, foul mouth boy you're not yeah. going to get anything from santa oh, sorry uh, Father you Christmas. should oh, uh, you, you, uh, oh. you should edit in beeps where he's just saying normal things to make <laughs> yeah, it seem like he's swearing all over the place yeah that, that, i'll put in the the spongebob like dolphin sound you know? can you yeah. just tell me if wolverine's uh, getting fired <laughs> well, first, Maddie, we need to have a conversation about your attitude okay. before we get there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're, we're having a meeting. Yeah, should we yeah. do this? Well, off so, sounds, we'll sounds, sounds, sounds like someone needs to talk to you about Christmas spirit. Sounds like we need to have a little conversation about you know the meaning of Christmas, Matthew. Uh, as for Shane Waldron, uh, to you know, you turn here. Uh, that's still alive, of course. Um, it will never die, Matthew. No matter uh, how much you wish for, uh, yeah, uh, Waldron. I don't know. I don't know if he's coaching for his job yet. I like it's only been like really like two bad games here. It's 49ers and, and Chiefs. Uh oh, uh oh, he disagrees with me. All right, all right, all right. All right I don't right. think he's coaching for his job. I, yeah, I don't I mean. I think the only thing to give consideration to is what is going on with the run blocking cohesion. Because I mean, you can't just say, "Hey, come out of your stance more powerfully." Like, but but you can. The aiming points are all all, all jank at the moment, right? Like the, the chemistry, like feasibly that theoretically, that can be influenced by coaching, right? Like absolutely. So, um, and also like Waldron isn't the one really coaching the offensive line that way. That's Andy Dickerson, but Andy Dickerson. Oh, is so you follow him. him. Well, I'm just saying, like, the offensive coordinator, I don't know precisely what his role is there, but he's not in the trenches with the offensive lineman, but he's still in charge of it all. Okay. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe that's something you need to look for, but I don't – what's the what's the utility in, in, in moving on from him? I feel like you have too much that does work that I, I'd like to hold on to for continuity's sake and, yeah, and, and regroup next year. And, like, let's, let's be real about it, right? Like – you know it's been bad the last couple of weeks but it's not ultimately the reason like the offense is not ultimately the reason they're in this position right now like right. you know so i just i don't feel like waldron like over the last couple of weeks has suddenly gone from like yeah he's locked in for next year or might even go you know get interviews to you know he's like 
hanging on by a thread here in just a matter of a couple of weeks. So, unfortunately, this is not the first time that like the Seahawks have been struggling on defense, and then it's flipped into oh, now the offense is struggling. So. Again, like I, I get if people are like, well, Pete Carroll is the head coach. Why does it happen under him? Now, I don't know enough about other NFL teams. I feel like it's probably more common than people realize. But, yeah, I just these last two weeks have just been so disappointing. And I think the warning signs have been there for the offense before that as well. We just, for whatever reason, you know, haven't quite got into it. I guess because... The most important player, most the, the most important player on the offense, Geno Smith, has actually like still had a steady process, even with a bit of pressing. So you're like, okay, well, maybe it's all right, maybe it's all right. And it's just sort of continued regressing down around him. Um, and he's pressed into mistakes occasionally. And today, bad pick. Yeah. Like, it sucks. Like, it's in, I don't know. They, all they have to do is beat the Jets and beat the Rams and cross their fingers. But if they like, you know, if the if the offense still struggles, like there's definitely a way that Walden gets canned. Yeah, I mean, if if it's at the same rate, you yeah. know, like if they they need they need to put, get their act together a little bit. Uh, per, maybe Pete, you know, grants a little leniency at least for this game with Lockett not being out there. Um, I mean, but also, how how does Pete view like? The, the tackle play, especially right tackle, has been pretty inoperable. Um, a, a, and and Lucas is playing banged up. He's hurt too. Like he even went out. Like yeah. I'm, cur- I'm actually really eager to see how Forsyth played because I think Forsyth mm. actually looked okay. And I Don't think he's a starting he the, tackle in the NFL. Yeah, he was the key to the the run game popping at the um, end of last year, and it kind of did all right with him in there this That's game. Curious. That's mm. curious. Um, yeah. So um, you can throw him in with the Noah Fant package for Darren Waller. So I believe if they went out, they only need the commanders to lose one game because they already have the tiebreaker on Detroit. So okay. they went out. And, hey, and Ty, and then the commanders play the Browns next week, which eh, that one's kind of a toss-up. And then they uh-huh. play the Cowboys week 18. Oh, great. So um, and the Cowboys even, might be in a scenario. We should say after they beat the Eagles today, they might be in a scenario where resting their their players is not advantageous. They might still be in with a shot of the NFC East. Um, yep. So again, that's a positive spin. Uh, the Eagles schedule. Let's look at this. Is, is it possible they lose the next game? No, they play the Saints. Okay, forget about it. I, I'd I'd say this that uh... go on say it. I think there's a pretty good chance the Commanders are going to lose one of their next two games. So all you have to do, beat the Jets, beat the Rams, you're probably in. Yeah. Probably. And then from there, let's uh, let's fly. So, you know, even if they don't get in, I feel like there's a lot to be said for ending this season on a good note, going with a winning record, obviously, but especially the final two games of your season being mm-hmm. – being W's, not just for like, it's always good that, you know, win as many games as you can, no matter what your team circumstances are. But, you know, kind of like where this team is at with its big picture outlook, I feel like they, they need they need the wins. The um, vibes need it. 
Remember how good yeah. 2021 felt? And it was like, oh, wow, they found a dominant run game and uh, they're going to keep this whole unit together. And then Penny's hurt and they lost Posick and uh, Forsyth isn't the starter at right tackle and Dwayne Brown left and uh, their dominant run game is not a thing anymore. <sighs> but you know maybe they could achieve similar vibes but hopefully better anyway we'll, we'll see we will be back uh merry christmas hope you enjoy your big day hope you're listening on the big day well hopefully not actually that would be a bit sad but if you are we appreciate you too please do like the video if you joined live thank you so much for the donation we got and thank you just everyone for commenting and taking part in the chat it's, it's pretty cool how we're we're sort of building that up i think um please do subscribe to the channel comment like the video if you're listening, uh, five-star review, please subscribe. And everyone, tell your friends about the at Seattle Overload podcast. Uh, follow Griffin on Twitter at CMikeSpinMove. Follow Ty at Dane Gonzalez. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Merry Christmas. Keep the faith. I think the it's not Gene over. will be okay. It's, it's not Gene, not Gene no, over. G- that's the positive, right? Gino's still playing good, like, ish. 